Life is hard at times. Our hearts often get bruised and battered. Yet God offers us words that help and heal those hearts when we turn to Him. Welcome to the Sweet Sela Moments Podcast, where we study His Word and find strength for the day. The Sweet Sela Moments Podcast is a cooperative production of Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. Welcome to the Sweet Sela Moments Podcast. We are currently in a series called Heart Lessons. We are looking at David, a man after God's own heart, and trying to discern what was it about his heart that pleased God. David was surely far from perfect, so we've eliminated being perfect as the way to get praised by God. Instead, we've discovered that God is pleased with a quiet heart that seeks Him, a worshipful heart that literally sings to Him, a courageous heart that trusts Him, a loyal heart that does not betray a friend, an abiding and persevering heart that keeps on going to God in the hardest of times. This is episode 88, The Humbled Heart. God is pleased when we admit we are wrong. Sharon, how are you at admitting you are wrong? Oh, great, Nicole. (laughs) Not always as good as I ought to be. I feel like most humans on the planet, I, I always understand why I did the wrong thing the lazy thing, the thoughtless things. I have reasons. Mm. Ray says that to me all the time. Oh, you've always got reasons. Mm. (laughs) Don't we, though? (laughs) They're really justifications. Mm. But usually, the best response is the straightforward one. I was wrong. I messed up. I sinned. I don't know why that's so hard to say sometimes. When when we say we are wrong, it's just stating a fact. Mm. It doesn't mean we're worthless. It just means we were wrong. And once that's admitted, once we've said sorry and tried to fix it, we can move on again instead of wallowing about. So I am learning this, even (laughs) though it's slow. (laughs) We get bogged down when we attempt to hide our sins or explain them away. Mm. You ought to just admit it. How about you? Especially with kids. How do you help your kids just admit when they're wrong and not do what I too often do and justify it. Tell me. (laughs) Well, we're definitely still working on that one. Um, It's really hard to hear them out, Sharon, especially when I feel like they're just giving me a long list of excuses. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, all right, no, no, no. (laughs) But I really do try to listen first and then show them where they're trying to push some blame on someone else and how we can, you know, I'm trying to teach them that we can only be responsible for our own actions. True. So saying that Charlotte did this to me or Ellie, it doesn't matter. You can't control Charlotte. You can only control yourself. Oh, that's good. It's simple. They just Mm. don't always get it. (laughs) And then lately we've been asking them to say I statements. So if they come running to me and -and so-and-so did this and Olivia did this, no, no, no. What did I statements? I did this. I punched my sister in the nose. Uh I stole her doll. And Uh I find that they're often rather silenced because they usually come to tattle and not to say that. (laughs) And not to confess. not to confess for redemption. So it does kind of, that works out pretty good in those moments because it's less you know, arguing I have to hear. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I did something similar with Catherine and Mary when oh, yeah. when there was a, you know, a, a very loud fight going on and mm-hmm. I had no idea who started what yes. and whose fault it was. I would say, okay, both of you go to your rooms and when you come out, I want you to say in front of the other, your part in the problem. Ooh, that's and then good. they can correct you <laughs> if you're not right, but you're just going to tell me what you did wrong. Yes. And so, so then good. they have to come out and say, well... I did this wrong. And they know their sister's listening, so they have to be kind of honest with it. Oh, that's good. um, Same kind of idea. What what did I do? What Mm -hmm. could I have done differently? But sorting through it sometimes 
it's like mess. impossible. It's like untangling a jump rope oh with 20 word. things. You're just like, because they're all yelling. <laughs> they, you know, kids can, well, anybody can poke, you know, yes. just a little poke at someone else. It's subtle, but you know you've been poked. Mm. And so then you respond and, you know, is the poker to blame or is your response to blame? <laughs> oh, yeah. And we're we all a mess. So, we are. We are. And we get so riled up when we're told we're wrong or think. If, it's so much easier to see other people's wrongs and to see our oh, own wrongs. Oh, it's so So is. we get that, well, you did that. That's right. why I reacted I am so poorly. so justified. Yes. Right? Oh, yes. No, we're not. No, nope. we're not. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good for us to be humbled and just say, you know what? I was wrong. It is. It's yeah. so much easier in the long run, too. It's, it's exhausting freeing. trying to justify yes, our actions. It really is. And, you know, it doesn't kill us mm-hmm. to admit we're wrong. I don't know why I thought it would. Because <laughs> it does not. I, I am living proof because I've had to say I was wrong a lot. <laughs> and I'm still standing. Here I am. <laughs> alive. All right. Well, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> We've seen a whole lot of awesome in David so far mm-hmm. in this series. He's, he's made great choices by and large, behaved honorably under great pressure. He's been amazing. Mm. But today, <laughs> he basically has a huge temper tantrum, flies into a rage, and almost kills innocent people. I know. <laughs> Last week, we saw the wickedness of Dog, who mm. did kill innocent people. It's so fascinating to me, Nicole, that right after that, that even David could be tempted to do something that wicked, you know? Yeah. He's, he's so appalled at what Dog did. And we can get that way, too. We can get so judgy oh, yeah. about what other people do. But that we're we capable miss. of it as well. Oh, yeah. We are. <laughs> we all have sinned. We're mm. all capable of doing evil if we do not watch ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my favorite parts of the Lord's Prayer is where it says, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil oh, yeah. or deliver us from the evil one, either mm-hmm. one. Because that says loud and clear every day, and we pray that prayer, <laughs> I am I am able to be led in the wrong direction, and I'm asking you not to let this happen to me. Keep me out of temptation. Protect me from the evil one that's going to try to snare me. Mm. We need to be aware that we're temptable. Evil lurks, and it's trying to push us toward horrible, horrible actions all the time. Yeah, it's always right there. And we can all be tempted, you know. We do have to watch ourselves and not think somehow we would never mess up. I think that's a really dangerous place to be. It really is. <laughs> and Sharon, it hurts so much more to see someone who I admired mess up. And if it's a Christian leader, it hurts even more. It does. It's really hard it to It absolutely does. Because when it's a Christian leader, they're influencing others as mm-hmm. well. People they've led to the Lord, people that have discovered new truths about God, and then wait, what? They Mm. did what? Oh, Nicole, Mm. let's be so careful to not be led into temptation because we're capable of it too. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Okay, time to read our story for the day. Can you set the scene? What custom led David and his men to believe they were owed payment for watching somebody else's property? Because that's where we're going today. Yeah, this was very interesting. So we're going to be reading about Nabal, a very wealthy but very stingy landowner who owned thousands of livestock. He was very wealthy. Very nice. Very wealthy. And back in those days, it was common for a wealthy landowner to provide compensation or payment for any men who would guard his property or protect his livestock. And he didn't necessarily have to seek and hire them out. If they were just in the area, they could just say, oh, look, there's 
a shepherd with some sheep. Let's gather around and protect them for a while. And that's how men would make a living back then. Wow. So, so that was a common practice. It was very common. Yeah, okay. just kind of like picking up work as you go along. Uh-huh. So at this point, David had been traveling with a significant number of men, and they helped provide for themselves by defending farms in the local towns from raiders and thieves. And Nabal's shepherds mentioned down in verse 16 that David's men did a fantastic job of that. And it says in the verse that they were as a wall around us both at night. The whole time they were herding our sheep near them. Oh, David, of so course they did he did a good, a good job. job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they had, they had done a really great job of protecting Nabal and his assets, and they were expecting to receive something of compensation, as was tradition, either food or money. And David didn't even demand how it was to be paid. He started the transaction doing everything right, so he and his men were very surprised and angry to receive nothing but insults for their hard work. Wow. It's very interesting. When he sent his bill of sale and kind of like, he didn't even say, oh, we would like this, this, and this. He just said, oh, could we have have something? Something, yeah. 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 So also the timing of when David asked for compensation was also very courteous on on his part. He waited until his shearing time when Nabal would have received money himself for the wool and would have had money to pay David and his men. So he wasn't hitting him when he was hard up. So Nabal really had no excuse for his rudeness in what occurred. Oh my goodness. Super cool. I actually hadn't realized that the shearing time was an important part of this little story we're about yeah. to read. He would have had the money. He would have. And, and it was they usually waited. a feast. They would have had food yeah. prepared. It was yeah. a big deal for them. So this wow. wasn't like he was coming up to Nabal going, hey, we did some work for you, didn't ask us, but now we need money. And he had no money available or food. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They were preparing a big feast and he was It was the proper time to it ask. It was the perfect time to ask. Okay. So now he looks even, he's going to look even worse in a little bit. <laughs> Well, it's really comforting to know, because if you just read the story without that background, you're like, wait a second. Seems kind of weird. How are you asking for, you know, food for four or 600 men? Right. You know, but hearing that that was a a typical custom makes it a little different. And also knowing how many sheep Nabal had. He had a lot. He had a lot. So, all right. (laughs) Well, how about we read the story now? But thank you for the background. It's found in 1 Samuel 25. We're going to read it in two sections and discuss and especially examine David's angry heart, <laughs> oh my, that is humbled in the end, thankfully, before he does a shameful thing. Yes. So, Nicole, goodness. why don't you start with verse 1, and we're going to mm-hmm. read through verse 22. All right. Now Samuel died. It's a sad beginning. <laughs> yeah. And all Israel gathered for his funeral. They buried him at his house in Ramah. Then David moved down to the wilderness of Maon. There was a wealthy man from Maon who owned property near the town of Carmel. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and it was sheep sharing time. (laughs) This man's name was Nabal, and his wife, Abigail, was a sensible and beautiful woman. But Nabal, a descendant of Caleb, was crude and mean in all his dealings. All right, well, we've set the tone. Yep. Abigail, good. Nabal, not so bad. (laughs) When David heard that Nabal was shearing his sheep... He sent 10 of his men to Caramel to ask, to Caramel, thinking of the food, to Carmel (laughs) with his message for Nabal. (laughs) Peace and prosperity to you, your family, and everything you own. I am told that it is sheep shearing time. While your shepherds stayed among us near Carmel, we never harmed them and nothing was ever stolen from them. Ask your own men and they will tell you this is true. So would you be kind to us since we have come at a time of celebration? 
Please share any provisions you might have on hand with us and with your friend, David. Hmm, that was humble. David's young men gave this message to Nabal in David's name, and they waited for a reply. Okay, can we just pause there? Because that really was a very nice way to ask. It was very kind. I he didn't it. even demand as like a future king, like, hey, yeah. I'm your soon-to-be king. Can you? He oh, was, well, that's true. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, okay, verse 10. Who is this fellow David, Nabal sneered to the young men. Who does this son of Jesse? Ha, he, he knew he was son of I Jesse. Say, he knows who he is. That's hysterical. <laughs> oh my goodness, think he is. There are lots of servants these days who run away from their masters. Should I take my bread and my water and my meat that I've slaughtered for my shearers and give it to a band of outlaws who come from who knows where? So David's young men returned and told him what Nabal had said. Get your swords, was David's reply as he strapped on his own. Then 400 men started off with David, and 200 remained behind to guard their equipment. Meanwhile, one of Nabal's servants went to Abigail and told her, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, but he screamed insults at them. These men have been very good to us, and we never suffered any harm from them. Nothing was stolen from us the whole time they were with us. In fact, day and night, they were like a wall of protection to us and the sheep. You need to know this and figure out what to do, for there is going to be trouble for our master and his whole family. He is so ill-tempered that no one can even talk to him. Abigail wasted no time. <laughs> she quickly gathered 200 loaves of bread, two wineskins full of wine, five sheep that had to be slaughtered, nearly a bushel of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins, and 200 fig cakes. She packed them on donkeys and said to her servants, go on ahead, I will follow you shortly. But she didn't tell her husband Nabal what she was doing. As she was riding her donkey into a mountain ravine, she saw David and his men coming toward her. David had just been saying, a lot of good it did to help this fellow. We protected his flocks in the wilderness, and nothing he owned was lost or stolen. And he has repaid me with evil for good. May God strike me and kill me if even one man of his household is still alive tomorrow morning. Well, oh, for crying out loud, David. Can you stand it? It's like zero to 1,000 in like a snap. In a second. <laughs> and is this not what Dog did? Uh, you know, he didn't just mm. kill the one priest who helped right. David. He killed all the priests. Right. And then he killed everybody in the village. Yeah. What is that? These were the men that just had defended David. And David's going to kill every last one of Nabal's mm. men. David, honey, come down. Was just, he would, right, he would have been just guarding those shepherds and you know, he would have been with them just recently. Yeah, he just he's having a little temper tantrum. I wonder if he's really hungry. <laughs> Maybe he's just like, <laughs> really hungry. They're really yeah. low on food, but yeah. this is a very extreme response. It is, and it's what rage does to you. Yeah. Rage makes you say stupid things. Mm. It really does. Just stupid, stupid things. Things yeah. that you regret later. I might know that because I... <clears throat> might have had a time or two of rage where I have said things to Raymond that were totally horrible. Oh, yeah, Horrible. Our poor husband. And, and then you look back on it and you go, how did, how did I say that to him? Mm. He so didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my, it's embarrassing. Rage embarrasses you. Rage is bad, yeah. which is maybe why the Bible says not to rage. So, <laughs> could be why. Yeah. But I want to go back to the very first verse in this before I let it go away from me because mm. the fact that Samuel had died just, oh, it yeah. seems to be, to be very significant. He dies and is buried, and they start the chapter 
they, whoever wrote it, starts mm-hmm. the chapter. Well, not that there were chapters. But this, <laughs> this story is introduced by the fact that Samuel died and is yes. buried. You yeah. know, it's interesting to me that David's great anger and rage occurs after his death. Because mm. Samuel was a prayer warrior, Nicole. Mm, that's interesting. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is First Samuel twelve. Is in First Samuel twelve when Samuel tells the people that although God is angry with them for wanting a king, He won't reject them. Here's the verses, and I'm going to emphasize the one about Samuel val- valuing prayers. Verses mm. two, uh, excuse me, verses twenty-two. 23, 24, and 25. So this is Samuel talking. For the sake of his great name, the Lord will not reject his people because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. Verse 23. As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. Samuel. That's he felt like it would be a sin against the Lord if he stopped praying for the people. Wow. And I will teach you, says Samuel, the way that is good and right. But be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Hmm. Consider what great things he has done for you. Yet if you persist in doing evil, both you and your king will perish. Wow. So that part, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. Hmm. When Samuel died, his prayers for David stopped. Oh, right? right? Unless God let him pray in heaven. But right. I think it's a different thing. I do think it's okay. And you and I have talked about this before, about our aunties. My yes. aunt, Barbara, I felt her death mm. and the lack of a, a, a sweetness of the Holy Spirit because mm. she prayed for me every day. Oh, my goodness. I, I've never forgotten how the loss was not just the physical loss of Aunt Barbara. Yeah. Somehow I felt something had changed in the heavenly realm. Oh my goodness. I did. Yeah, well, I did. Par- prayer is so powerful, and we see that so often in scriptures. I think sometimes we forget just how incredibly powerful it, it is. is. It and is. how many times we don't even know that someone's prayers for us have kept us from doing uh-huh. the wrong thing or kept us from harm. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe Samuel's prayers were keeping David a little bit more on the straight and narrow. Yeah. And maybe he felt that loss, and that could have led yeah. to... Yeah. But, oh, I know. I know my great-great-auntie was a prayer warrior, too. And I can just remember with fondness so mm-hmm. many really dark times as a young girl that she prayed so faithfully for me through. And mm-hmm. I, those are such treasured times that I remember, yeah. you know? Yeah. I could feel her prayers. You, you do. You feel them. And when I go to speak, I, I get this rush of joy, and I know it's people praying. Mm-hmm. I so sure. Cool. I mean, a lot of times I go to speak tired, you know? Mm-hmm. So the joy is not coming from my own body. It is, <laughs> it is a move of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Man, prayer is important. So it is it. so important. So I don't know, but my thought is Samuel dies, and David mm-hmm. has a temper tantrum. <laughs> Something could be coincidence, could be yeah, something more. Yep, yep, yep. I really, I, we just, far be it from us to fail to pray for each other, Nicole. Yeah. We do not know what prayer does, but but we wouldn't be told to do it if it didn't do something. Right. right? We don't want to see what it what it doesn't do. Right. We don't want to see what exactly. happens if we don't do it. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. So, oh. okay. Samuel died. Mm-hmm. David has his men faithfully protecting sheep herders, grazing near them. And although at times they were almost starving, mm. they never stole. Because they could have stolen from those guys instead of just being a wall of protection. That's they took true. nothing. There was quite a big, I mean, 600 men. David had 600 men there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So they never harassed. They never let any harm come to the sheep near them. Mm. So, Nicole, what do you think of Nabal's reply? <laughs> Let's talk about Nabal's ungracious reply for a minute. So it did, we were laughing at the part where he's like, who is this David, the son of Jesse? So Nabal was a wealthy landowner. And during that time, he would have been part of the council and the, you know, they sit at the gate, all those things. He knew who David was. Of he knew he, he was the appointed, yes. the appointed king. Mm-hmm. So he was being extremely proud and arrogant when he's like, who is this guy? 
even though David came with a humble heart in the beginning. Uh-huh. He didn't say, oh, I'm going to be your student to be king. Give me payment. He came and said, hey, he waited for the appropriate time. He did everything right. He sure did. And he, and he even said, if you happen to have stuff at the celebration. Right. He knew there for was For crying a out loud. So yeah. it's just, it was, this just goes to show just how proud and arrogant that Nabal's heart was. Kind of that he could like refuse the future king. He had the power right now to kind oh, of yeah. humiliate and David. Perhaps he enjoyed that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> he might have. He also was stingy, oh. clearly. Yes. He's like, I'm not giving you any of my stuff. I need it all for myself. Yeah. Greedy Gus. So yeah. He just had a pretty. He's sort of a bad guy. His heart. Yeah. I mean, not sort of. He was a bad guy. Yes. <laughs> so, and the Bible's pretty clear about it. And Nabal was a bad guy. <laughs> yes. Well, his name meant fool. So you oh, wonder if goodness. he was named that because they knew he was going to be or if he just lived up to that. But I think yeah. it means foolish or fool, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does. Yeah. Yes, it does. That, well, the name itself is. means fool. Yeah. Awful. <laughs> yes. Well, now let's get to the heart of David's great sin. Nicole, can you reread verses 21 and 22? Sure. David had just been saying, a lot of good it did to help this fellow. We protected his flocks in the wilderness, and nothing he owned was lost or stolen. But he has repaid me evil for good. May God strike me and kill me if even one man of his household is still alive tomorrow morning. So, what's wrong with David's solution to Nabal's rudeness? He completely lost his temper and let his anger get the best of him. I mean, getting ready to go and kill everyone in Nabal's whole household, that's a bit extreme. Yeah, anger makes us stupid. Yeah, It really does. It's not good. No, it's not. (laughs) And I think that helps me when I, you know, anger is an adrenaline rush. Mm. So you really feel like you have to explode because your adrenaline is going 90,000 miles an hour. It's so much better to go take a walk. Yeah. Or run, or or hit a pillow. Do you have to do something yes, physical when you're to enraged? get rid of the yes. adrenaline? But opening the mouth? Oh mm-hmm. no, no, no! Just don't open the mouth when you're angry. You will thank yourself later. Close your mouth and go for a run. Yes. <laughs> Even if you're near slippers, just run. Yes. Otherwise, that humbling is gonna come as it you're like, is. I can't believe I said that. I'm so yeah. sorry I said that. Oh, it's and it awful. causes so much damage. So. It does, and it's interesting that we, you mentioned Dog and how that happened, and David was rather appalled at what happened. And then here he is about to do the, the same, same thing. thing. Sometimes yeah. the things that we judge so harshly are we like, oh, how could they do that? We end up doing or right. attempting to almost right. do. It's almost like our sin is being exposed beforehand in someone else. Kind of fascinating, it isn't is. it? It is. We have to be yeah. very yeah, aware yeah. of that, the Ooh, things yeah. that were harsh on yeah. me. It's There's a verse or a saying, and I actually don't remember which, there but for the grace of God go I. Yes. And that's the way we need to look at it. When, yep. when we see even a, a Christian pastor fall instead mm. of, how could you? Yes. There but for the grace of God, yep. go I. I am one I choice away too. from where you are. Right. One choice. Right, right, one right. Yep. So I will pray for you. I will ache for you. Yes. And I'll run back to Jesus and say, please, please help me Keep not me to do close. that. <laughs> Keep me close, Lord. I yep. am fallible. Yep. <laughs> so now enter Abigail, oh. who's already been introduced to us as smart and beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and bless her heart, married to a really nasty guy. Mm. <laughs> I love that the servants come right to her when trouble starts. They don't even bother coming to Nabal. They knew who had the common sense in the family, right? It's true. I mean, somehow she managed to maintain her beauty and poise and kindness, even married to Nabal. I admire that, Sharon. It, <laughs> it would have been so easy just to give up and crawl into a shell and hide or just want to, you know, beat him up a little bit or something. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> what a horrible man to have to live with. Oh, I know. And you'd think that you, it would normally turn a woman into a sort of a mousy, cowering, yes. whatever you say, dear, kind of person. Or have bitterness in her heart. Right. Just become, like, I don't right. care. It's his to deal with. He made the decisions. Uh-huh. She doesn't even stop to do that. She, she nope. immediately goes into action and mm-hmm. tries to solve his mistakes. Yes, she, she does. she doesn't seem grumpy about it either. Nope, nope. She's just like, right, he's been stupid again. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so she's a brave woman who chose to still be good and kind and strong in the worst of situations. Mm-hmm. And back then, there weren't exactly shelters for abused women. Oh, right. right? You didn't get she to choose stuck. who you married. Yeah. There are few choices at all. Um, she was stuck mm-hmm. with a bad husband with very little recourse. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I admire her so much. Oh, yeah. I really, really do. I'm stunned by the courage of so many people that the Bible highlights. Oh, yeah. And Abigail is courageous. She mm-hmm. really was. Absolutely. So let's, um, let's keep going. All right, so we're going to finish reading 1 Samuel 25, 23 through 38. And I'll start with 23. When Abigail saw David, he, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed low before him. She fell at his feet and said, I accept all blame in this matter, my <laughs> lord. Please listen to what I have to say. I know Nabal is a wicked and ill-tempered man. Please don't pay any attention to him. He is a fool, just as his name suggests. But I never even saw the young men you sent. Now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, since the Lord has kept you from murdering Mm -hmm. and taking vengeance into your own hands, let all your enemies and those who try to harm you be as cursed as Nabal is. And here is a present that I, your servant, have brought to you and your young men. Please forgive me if I have offended you in any way. The Lord will surely reward you with a lasting dynasty, Mm. for you are fighting the Lord's battles, and you have done not done wrong throughout your entire life. Mm. Even when you were chased by those who seek to kill you, your life is safe in the care of the Lord your God, secure in his treasure pouch. I love that. (laughs) But the lives of your enemies will disappear like stones shot from a sling. When the Lord has done all he promised and has made you leader of Israel... Don't let this be a blemish on your record. Then your conscience won't have to bear the staggering burden of needless bloodshed and vengeance. And when the Lord has done these great things for you, please remember me, your servant. David replied to Abigail, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you to meet me today. Thank God for your good sense. Bless you for keeping me from murder and from carrying out vengeance with my own hands. For I swear by the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept me from hurting you, that if you had not hurried out to meet me, not one of Nabal's men would still be alive tomorrow morning. Yikes. Then David accepted her present and told her, Return home in peace. I have heard what you said. We will not kill your husband. When Abigail arrived home, she found that Nabal was throwing a big party and was celebrating like a king. (laughs) He was very drunk, so she didn't tell him anything about her meeting with David until dawn the next day. In the morning, when Nabal was sober, his wife told him what had happened. As a result, he had a stroke, and he lay paralyzed on his bed like a stone. About ten days later, the Lord struck him, and he died. (laughs) There you go. This is such a cool, (laughs) weird story. There's so much in here. (laughs) Okay, we've got a lot to unpack. What what stands out to you the most? I mean, there's so many things. I feel like we could have spent five episodes on this. Yeah. Oh. Oh my goodness. So I probably the ending we just read. I think sometimes we worry and try so hard to work things out to our own good and solve our own problems. And it's so frustrating to see evil prosper. You know, Abigail was living with this evil man for so long and who knows how she wanted, you know, maybe she wanted to escape. Maybe she didn't want this. But 
God, we see God serve a very quick justice. Yes. And Nabal died. And he died. Like he just struck him down and he died. And I think we need to remember that God is in control and he will right all the wrongs in the end and sometimes quicker than others. Sometimes quicker than others. So it's a little bit like, oh, good. Like he kind of got served what he deserved sooner. Yeah, he did. And Abigail was really protected. Do you know what courage? Well, of course you do. What courage it took for her to go and tell him. Stone sober. Mm -hmm. I completely flagrantly went against what you would have liked. Oh, yeah. And I brought this, 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 and all of that and met David and gave him our food that Mm -hmm. you refused him so that he wouldn't kill you and your men because, oh, by the way, you were drunk last night and would have been in no position to fight him off. Yep. (laughs) So you're welcome, right? Yeah. But she risked being beaten. She Mm -hmm. risked his rage in some really appalling ways by doing that. And I love that about her too, Nicole. Mm -hmm. She was, she didn't try to hide it. No. She just like, this is what I did. Yeah. Um, So I just, the bravery just amazes me. She was honest with David as well. Yes, she was. And the way I I so admire how she worded that. It was so well worded. Mm -hmm. The way she came to this angry man with his army coming to justify because they were they were right like David was wronged and they were in the right, right, right so he probably right. felt justified but the fact that she was like oh don't have this on your conscience she brought God into the picture she reminded him of who he was in God and that wow what courage to tell this king and his army who he is and I know you don't want this on your conscience just such you will beautiful regret words. this yeah yeah wonderful and words and here wisdom. comes David's humbled heart mm-hmm because he's like, wow, wow, wow. You just saved me from doing a really stupid, yeah. horrible thing. You can almost hear like the balloon fizzling down. Yes. She's going to pop that big yep. rage bubble. And he thanked her. Yeah, so here's so the good. humbled heart that we're celebrating today. Mm. When he was confronted, mm-hmm. he humbled himself. He knew he was dead wrong. Yeah. He allowed a woman to correct oh, yeah. him, which in those days is <laughs> a thing. And he actually thanked God for her good sense. David didn't cling to his pride or his rage. When we're wrong, going back to what we said at the beginning, we need to admit it. Mm. And he did. We started the podcast saying that. We're ending it the same way. We all sin. When it's us that sinned, which will happen, Mm -hmm. let's state the facts, ask forgiveness, get cleansed, and move on. (laughs) So... So, <laughs> let us pray about having a humbled heart. Yes. <laughs> oh, Lord, thank you for this story. Thank you for all the riches we gain from just reading it. Mm. But, Lord, most of all today, we want humbled hearts. Father, we're all going to do something wrong this week. And so <laughs> when it happens, would you help us to humble ourselves, to admit wrong? to notice that it doesn't kill us when we do it, (laughs) and to move on with your full forgiveness, Lord, as we come to you and we come to whoever we injured. Mm. Oh, Father, help us to be quick admitters of wrong, quick forgivers when we've been Mm. wronged. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, there was a lot to unpack today, wasn't there? I am really going to try this week to have a humbled heart when I have been wrong. How about you? We'd love to hear from you, and we'd be so grateful if you could leave us a review so that others can find this podcast. If you'd like to become a podcast partner, donate any amount at sweetsela.org slash donations. Tell us in the comments that you want to partner with us to produce and deliver these podcasts. And please join us next week for episode 89, The Noble Heart. We love our weekly times of study and are so glad you joined us today. We are so glad you stopped for a while with us. The Sweet Sela Moments podcast is a cooperative production of Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. 
More information about this podcast can be found at sweetsela.org. Thank you for joining us.